0: Welcome in. Uh, This is a little different than normal. Don't worry, the music will play um, here shortly. I just wanted to step in real quick, um, let you guys know that we recorded this episode on Sunday morning, um, which was prior to the announcement um, by Governor Whitmer and the MHSAA delaying the season by three weeks. Some of the discussion within the podcast will therefore be out of date and maybe a little bit irrelevant now. Um, so just keep that in mind another thing to note we uh, we will likely be back uh, later this week or early next week with some discussion on the outlook for the season what we got going during this three week break and uh, and a little bit of more basketball talk uh, now that we are a little bit more free with the season not beginning yet anyways hope you enjoy the show
1: Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Coach Speak. I'm Matt Seidel, along with fellow hosts Derek Seidel and Josh Trope. Derek, Josh, good to be with you, boys. Uh, how are things going?
0: Things are going well. Looking forward to, uh, to this week and the, the start of uh, practice for, for some of us, at least. Uh, I know at Napoleon, <laughs> we're getting going, even though we are virtual
2: right now. Um, so I'm excited
0: for that. How about you Josh?
2: Um yeah, I mean incredible weekend. Win for the Bulldogs their championship uh over a a very respected brother Rice team who uh ended up maybe not being as good as everyone thought. Uh coach Lucas kind of called that on uh when I saw him last week on Wednesday. He you know, he, of course probably didn't tell his players that, but he kind of told me that that he thought they were they were the favorite and um very confident with their ability to get the W on Friday and and they dominated them. Uh, Then another dominating performance by Notre Dame yesterday, which is always fun to watch for me as a fan. And then uh, it's Masters weekend. I mean, I'm looking forward to when the podcast ends today, you know, working on some basketball stuff uh, while watching uh, Amen Corner, you know, this afternoon. So it'll be be a great, great day and a great weekend.
1: I have nothing positive to talk about when it comes to football. So we're just going to shift right to basketball, if you guys don't mind. Uh, I'm I'm done with football uh, from uh, high school college and at pro level right now so it's just all basketball so that's a that's a a personal note so you know before we get into uh our our focus today we we probably should touch on uh I guess some of the news you I guess we're seeing around the state we're seeing a trend we've also seen some local um hot topics I guess but we've got we've got some school districts that are obviously uh shutting down uh either for the next two weeks or planning to shut down at a certain point around Thanksgiving uh Some are shutting down athletics. Some are keeping athletics going. The big news, of course, is that Ann Arbor has gone into this five-phase deal, um, which really does not have them playing games until Martin Luther King Day in late January, uh, possibly practicing full go in january and maybe some small group workouts in december that's big news uh in the southeastern conference and in this part of the state and obviously they also are trying to influence others in their thinking and and ann arbor has some clout uh and who knows what type of influence they'll have any thoughts on all of that
0: yeah i mean it's definitely an interesting thing i mean you you have to wonder if you know maybe ann arbor's just getting out ahead of it and everyone's going to end up being forced to go that route. Eventually. I hope that's not the case. Um, and I know it seems like uh, a lot of the, the players and coaches from, from the Ann Arbor schools were obviously disappointed by the, by the decision to, to do so. Um, it, it just, I don't know. I, I really believe that, you know, it's best to try and create as long of a, or as long of a window for a season as possible. So you can try to get games in um, whenever possible I know in Ann Arbor, the population density is more than, you know, out where I'm at in in the Jackson area. So I know that can obviously play more of a factor in the caseload and stuff is higher there. Um, So that those all have to be considered, but I uh, I'm definitely a fan of of trying to keep that, that Mm -hmm. season window as wide as possible. You know, you're going to have some hiccups, possibly some shutdowns along the way and you're going to lose games because either you're out or your opponents out. But if you shorten that season, now you lo- losing two weeks is is losing a larger percentage of your of your schedule. So that's kind of my philosophy, I know that's kind of a a, a single minded philosophy there. But um, yeah, I mean, it sounds like you keep hearing rumors that the whole state's going to get shut down again, which would obviously throw a wrench into everything.
2: Right. Yeah. Um. Man, it's 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 unfair that you asked this question when we have a, a SEC Red podcast to do. And the reason I say that is th- this is this question is a whole podcast. I mean it. You know, I, I mean, I, I could go nine different ways with this. I mean, you could talk about, you know, I could say, hey, Ann Arbor's maybe, well, probably doing the right thing. And, you know, like Coach Patino said yesterday um, on uh, social media, you know, maybe it's time to seriously consider starting basketball in February and having May Madness instead of March Madness. Um, you know, that's one thought. You, you could go that way. You could say that what Ann Arbor, Ann Arbor is doing is wrong that they're trying to influence others. I mean, we, I mean, we, I mean, we could say that too. I mean, you, you can go a million different ways with this. You could say that, you know, if if school's virtual, uh, we should be able to still play sports because it's safe and in a bubble. Or you could say, well, if we're virtual, you can't have sports. But But that's really hypocritical because there's a lot of schools, including Chelsea, that were virtual fall and played sports. So, I mean, this is, I mean, it depends what side of the the argument you want to take. Um, it, it decides it. it and unfortunately I, most people are very biased and have their strong opinions and they'll argue till they're blue in the face. Um, I, I mean, I think the three of us really see all sides of it. We might still lean towards one side, but we see all sides. Um, this is a whole, this is a huge discussion for another day. I just, I, it's disappointing to me that Ann Arbor is trying to influence others, but I've also heard that they are. I mean, if, if that's their choice, then I respect that. And it might be the right choice, but they shouldn't try to dictate what others do. I mean, that that's wrong. Right.
1: Yeah. And you're right. This is a we could talk for hours on this alone, just that topic. But I figured because Ann Arbor schools are such a big part of this uh, of this uh, SEC red division, we would at least start with it. But let's, uh, l- I guess, l- let's just move on to the main event. You know, our focus today is the Southeastern Conference red division, as we preview uh, six of the league's eight boys basketball teams, Huron, Lincoln, Pioneer, Selene, Skyline, and Ypsilanti. We may mention Bedford and Monroe, but they're a little outside our coverage area, uh, at least for today. Um, you know, we-, we saved this preview for last for good reason. You um, Yes, the area's largest schools are part of this league, uh, but it also consists of um, some real high profile players, coaches, and teams. Uh, we've got the Lincoln Rail Splitters, who are technically the defending Class A state champions uh, from two years ago, since we didn't play last year. Uh, we've got the Huron River Rats, who were being picked by some to win it all this year. Uh, we have the Skyline Eagles, uh, who have been relevant on a state level for quite some time, even though Coach Mike Lovelace and his crew uh, do not get the credit they deserve. Um, and then there's uh long time power Ypsilanti, uh, a Saline program that keeps creeping up on others, uh, under coach Jake Fosick and pioneer who, well, uh, is still pioneer, uh, regardless of of what kind of talent they might have this year. So what, uh going into this guys, just kind of looking at the, the, the lump of teams and, and so forth and, uh, and what's happened in the past and, and what might happen this year. What What are your early thoughts?
0: I think at the end of the day it's going to be a two team race for the uh, to, to win the league. I think it's between Huron and Skyline. Um I know they split last year but Huron's only loss was to Skyline. I think that at the end of the day that's really going to decide decide the league. I I, I don't I mean obviously Huron didn't lose to anybody else um a year ago and they returned so many guys so I don't know that that any I don't know that anyone else can get them other than Skyline this year. So um, and I think Skyline's maybe more susceptible to some of those other teams, but I think it definitely starts there. Beyond them, um, I think it's really interesting to see where Lincoln and Ipsy slot into the league. Obviously, being new on this side of the league this year, and um, Lincoln having lost so many guys to transfer, um, including Amani Bates, and then you know Ipsy having a new coach, you know not having Steve Brooks at the helm there, it's going to be going to be weird because it just seems like it's been that way for so long. And then, obviously, I think I think Celine and Pioneer are right there with with Lincoln and Ipsy. I think that those four create a nice um, middle of the league. Um, and then, I, from my understanding, Monroe and Bedford will be um, probably the the bottom two teams in the league. But I mean, when you're talking about about six teams like like that, like this is a this is a heck of a league. This is really good basketball is going to be played, or hopefully, is going to be played um, on a regular basis.
2: Yeah, I, I mean. Obviously, Huron's a heavy favorite going into it. But that being said, I also think an Ypsilanti and a Celine can beat Huron. Um, Ypsilanti over the years has given Huron some fits with their, their ability to be gritty and grind and the toughness they play with. Um, they've really bothered Huron, and I think that they still can do that. Now, obviously, with a new coach, they might be running a new system. I, I don't know a lot about what, obviously, what Ypsilanti is going to do under Coach Ramsey. Um, but I know those those same very tough athletic players are still in Ypsilanti and Lucas Henderson will be one of the best players in the red this year, if not the best uh, backcourt uh, player. Um, obviously, you got some guys over at on that are, might be better overall players, but uh, Lucas will be a great uh, player at the point in that league. And then, um, you know, Jake Bosdick, th- this might be. Uh, one of the best groups he's had in in the last few years that, that maybe could finally put him over the top. And what I mean by that is, he's had some groups that are really skilled with Yaklich and Arico, but they they didn't they didn't buy into to Jake Fosdick basketball as far as that incredible toughness on the defensive end, that matchup zone back to some man to man, and just doing some different things. I, and, and I'm not saying that Trevor and, and Griffin didn't buy in. They they did what Jake asked them to do. I, I think Jake, um, because he was coaching college coaches' kids and some of the influence from Rushton, he kind of got away from what he does well as a coach. You know, he tried to become more of a man-to-man guy. He, you know, he kind of changed the offense a little bit and, and a ton more sets. You know, I think you're going to see the old-school Celine teams of the early Jake Fosdick years with a lot of fire, a lot of toughness, punch you in the mouth, you know, give up 36 points a game and and I I, I think you know, I bo- I think Celine and Ipsy could pop here on, on a given night.
1: Yeah, you that's know, interesting. I mean, this this is a fun league. I, I I sometimes think back to when they first decided that they were going to, you know, move Lincoln and Ypsilanti up and uh going to make this an 18 team conference at that point I want you to think about where, you know, where uh, Lincoln was in terms of their talent. Obviously, with Bates leaving and a handful of others leaving, uh, they're not quite at the same talent level they were. But had, had Bates stayed and some of those other kids been around, this would have been interesting as well as. Just a few years earlier uh, when, when when Steve uh, Brooks kind of had it going in Ypsilanti during some of those vintage years, you throw that type of talent into this league with Huron having one of its best teams ever skyline being being tough as nails and it's just a ton of talent and uh, and, and of course and all the things you just said about celine and so forth, it just would have been uh, it would have been phenomenal it 's going to be very good anyway but um I guess we kind of we kind of lost out on the the what if um, if Lincoln, you know, we missed that district final game last year with Lincoln and Huron and maybe had a chance to kind of relive that this year. But uh, we won't. I wouldn't sleep on Lincoln either. There's something about uh, he lost a lot, but there's there's still two or three very good, well above average college type players on that roster that on a given night could pop somebody if they're not on their game. So um, anyway, let's uh, let's get into some of these teams. Yeah, starting, with, uh, starting with Ann Arbor Huron uh, and Coach Walid Samaha, uh, last year the River Rats uh, were um, their only loss was to Skyline during the regular season. Um, this is a loaded roster. Multiple guys who have already signed with uh, uh, one Division One team and two Division Two players. They got uh, three or four others that could be signed within the next month or so. Um, at scholarship type athletes, I mean, this is as, as good a roster as wally 's had. Uh, any 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 thoughts right now when you look at this roster?
0: Yeah, I just think the the number of uh, studs on this roster is scary for <laughs> opponents, right? I mean, you got Julian Lewis signed with William & Mary, Kingsley Perkins, and Tyson Edmondson, both recently signed with Lake Superior State. And then you got Devin Womack, who everyone expects to be uh, at least a D2 kid, right? I, I'd say. Right. Um, and who knows where he ends up. But I mean, four guys in that, at that level right off the bat, and you got kind of a, a, a full lineup of them, too. It's not like they're all the same position. I mean, you got um, some size across the board, some wings and maybe you know even a guard in there. Um but then you go beyond that and they still got they got two six six foot eight seniors in the in the I don't I might mispronounce this, but the Den brothers it looks like. I'm assuming their brothers I actually don't know that for a fact. I know Brandon Rawls Jack and Ben, yep. Jack and Ben, yep. Yeah and then I know you got Brandon Rawls. He committed he's a D2 football player, right? Didn't he recently commit? I thought I saw believe so. Um so he just got all kinds of athletes all over the place. Um. Again, obviously, they only lost the one game a year ago. I mean, the obviously the the aspirations for this team are extremely high. Hopefully, we can have that postseason run that they didn't get to have this past year. And I, I think you're. It's it's a safe a safe bet to pick them right there with anybody, if not them over anybody, to win the state title this year. Um, but I mean, at the same time, I don't think. Uh, I, I I remember talking with Julian. You know, he, he, they're not they're not you know skipping steps. They're they're looking at trying to win. Uh, win that league first because I know there's Skyline and some other teams will challenge it, but it's going to be a fun team to watch or watch on video at least this year.
2: Right. So this is year uh, three of Waleed returning to the boys program. Um, year one was was shaky. No question about it. They were very young, though, but it was definitely shaky. They they finished the season with a three-game losing streak that year. I think they dropped six or seven games in all and, and just didn't have any signature wins and didn't beat their, um, their crosstown rivals. You know, so year two, really, they they took off. I mean, obviously, they they were a top five team last year. And amazingly, they they returned almost everyone off that team. So I I look for big things. You know, I did not get a chance to see them play last year. And and that disappoints me. Um, So I guess the big thing, I, I guess, is can they stay hungry I mean, because this, if there was ever a shot for them to get a state t- title, this is it. I mean, if we even have a state title, but uh, I mean, this is, this is really their year. But can these guys all stay hungry after signing? You would, you would argue or you would think that because they all committed early, they now would be able to focus all their attention on, you know, boyhood dreams of winning a state championship and, and bringing the first one home since, uh, Lavelle Blanchard and, and Ann Arbor Pioneer, you know, and, and I think that, that could really benefit them because there's no pressure for scholarships at this point. Um, it's an exciting group. And again, not a coincidence when a coach's kid is in the program, you got a pretty special group rolling through and that seems to happen over and over again.
1: Yeah. You, you mentioned about whether or not they're going to be hungry or not. I I don't think there's going to be a hungrier team in the state of Michigan this year. I mean, I just think back to some of the good teams that I had over my long career and, uh, I knew they were good coming in. We knew they were good in the summer, and you just couldn't wait for the season to start. Wait a minute, summer, I, no, summer, yeah, I mean, yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> yeah. N- never won a state title, but always had that those aspirations, and that everybody was just excited about playing these guys. Had aspirations to to make a run to the final four or win it all last year, and it got cut out from under them. And now they've been told they can't even play games until MLK Day, and may play a 12 game schedule or a 10 game schedule, and then play in the state tournament. I don't think if they, I just I feel terrible for this group of kids because these guys could have left some footprints in Ann Arbor uh, that that would be there forever. Um, but. I, so I, I don't doubt. I know they're going to be inspired. I'm sure Wally. And Wally, you know, he, he had a great tweet yesterday, kind of commending the superintendent of Ann Arbor schools. And and he's a company guy. and He's a smart guy too. And and I, I and I'm not questioning what they're doing in Ann Arbor. I, I think they're sometimes ahead of the game. And I think what Derek mentioned about their population, they have to think a little bit differently. But this is going to be a special team if they stay healthy. Now look at the size. <laughs> you got three six eight guys and a six six guy that Derek's already mentioned. Um, you know, and there's two Jake Watkins and. Uh, Sergio Bennett, a couple of senior guards that, that provide depth. The, the JV team was 18 and 2 a year ago. Uh, they, they've got everything you need. Um, they, they play an intelligent style of basketball. Uh, they're very athletic. Uh, they're well coached. Um, they've got all the resources, other than a 20 game schedule, uh, to do what they need to do. So it's going to be fun to um, see, see what they come up with and hopefully they get a chance at some point. So,
2: you know, I, right on their heat. go ahead. I was just going to say, I. I really uh, glad, am glad you mentioned Waleed's tweet. I, I thought it was a great tweet. Um, yes, he is a company man, and and yes, he he definitely knows how to play the uh, social media game because you know he's also you know I've seen the other side when his competitiveness comes out. He you know not the friendliest of, of foes at times. Um, but that being said, he he's very intelligent very in tune with what's going on in the community and truly deeply cares about kids. And, and I do, you know, that's why I said earlier, you know, Ann Arbor might be doing the right thing. I'm not necessarily saying they they aren't doing the right thing. Um, I guess I was just hoping that message would come from the MHSAA, not from Ann Arbor public schools. So we'll see, but I, I loved his tweet yesterday.
1: You know, like I was going to say, right on their heels um, is uh, is uh, this year, and and even last year, I guess if you put it that way. uh, Skyline, uh, Skyline Eagles, coached by Mike Lovelace. Um, They were 16 and six a year ago, and they were playing their best basketball. Uh, in March, they they were ripe to win a district tournament since they get the the fortune of of being the only team that we're going to talk about today that's not in the same district. They get uh, they get sent to another district and they were in last year, but they were playing great basketball and Skyline's had that uh, under Lovelace. They've done that a few times. I don't when Derek was a senior. Uh, all of a sudden, they just turned it on at the end of the year and made a great state tournament run. And, and that, that may have been the case last year, too, because they, they weren't bowing down to anybody. But this is an, a loaded roster as well with athleticism and some interesting uh, players. Uh, any thoughts on them right now?
0: Yeah, it's really it's really crazy because they, they, as Coach Lovelace pointed out, they returned 12 players from a year ago. The only guy they, they lost was, was Kabir Bergen, right? Is that correct? I think so. Yeah, so. Um, and obviously he was a very good player that they 'll have to try to replace, but just just to have everybody back, and, and actually, that goes for Huron as well. They have so many guys back. I guess that, that does help for the fact that they're probably going to not have as much game experience during the season and as much uh, practice time to begin the year with, with the fact that you know you, you can basically pick up where you left off um, a year ago. I mean, obviously, they're, they're a very good team, and, and they were able to, they were the only team to knock off Huron a year ago. I know some of their, uh, some of their main guys returning, you know, Chris Caton, Jack Williams, um, A'Shea Aurora, Jermaine Davis, and Denali Deloach. I know I've heard all those names, uh, even though I haven't seen the the Skyline squad play in person recently. I know all those guys have have um, ha- had good, uh, good years a year ago, and I expect them to, to do the same this year. I, I just, I really like the depth of this team. Heck, I, I actually – I think it's going to be tougher for the coaching staff trying to balance the, the playing times here with all these guys um, that they got. But, I mean, you can just tell that they're excited. And um, I, I just hope that uh, – hopefully we get to see two of those Skyline Huron games this year because, obviously, those are going to be um, – they have the chance to be, be legendary.
2: Ooh, look at look at you throwing out the word legendary. Okay. All right. I like legendary. Yeah, all right. I, nice. I, I, I didn't, <laughs> I didn't, okay. All right. I mean, look at you you're, getting, <laughs> you're gonna get us in all kinds of trouble on Twitter again, you know, making comments like you know, you know, really you know, studs in the future and legendary and things like that, Derek, you're gonna get us all kinds of trouble. Um, I, I would say this is gonna be a really good Skyline team, and and come March, they might be every bit as good as Huron. And the great part about it for Skyline and for Huron is they can both make really deep runs in the state tournament because they're not in the same district. Now, as Jake Fosdick said many weeks ago, that makes no sense. How can you be in the same city, in the same school district, but not in the same basketball district? (laughs) I mean, I'll never understand that, but – uh, you know, to put that on the list of other things I don't understand about the MHSA. But, uh, basically, I-, I think this is a team that is poised and with the depth and leadership of Captain Chris Caton and Captain Jack Williams. This team can make a really deep quarterfinal type run. Um, in the state tournament, and and I'd love to see it. I I did not look at the pairings. I don't know when they would see Huron, but how great would it be to see those two battle like in a regional final, or or be able to go in different directions and go really deep in the state tournament?
1: Yeah, I just look at I look at pieces, man. Like you know, if you're coaching a team and you, you think about you know you can't just have a a team full of shooters or a team full of you know slashers or a team full of rebounders. You need multiple pieces and they seem to have it all i mean you know uh, coach lovelace he, he kind of gave us some information on each of these guys you know katon you know here's a guy who can guard the ball he, he sets the tone defensively he can attack the basket he's a he's a true point guard you got williams who can just light it up from the outside you got Deloach, who i guess is just a, a freak athlete dominant rebounder and rim protector uh standing six foot six inch two um he's expanding his game from from what we hear uh Aurora, you know, a senior guard, one of those guys that does a little bit of everything. He plays defense, he attacks, he makes the occasional shot when needed. Um, and we haven't even mentioned another captain, this guy named Jermaine Davis, a six-foot senior. Um, again, a, a kid who can score in like multiple ways, even got the old-fashioned mid-range game, um, plays with great poise. Uh, the only, you know, underclassman, I guess if you want to call a junior and underclassman, James Harrison was a kind of the defensive stopper last year as a sophomore, but here's a guy uh, who's also uh, worked on his game and maybe used the pandemic to, to improve and develop. So, and you know, and there's, like I said, there's other guys, the street or a Cole street or six, six uh, senior kid. And, and Jaden Potts, who um, uh, I guess you know played, uh, he's a freshman last year on the JV scoring 20 or 30 points occasionally. And I think he's probably going to be on the varsity six, uh, one sophomore. So, they, yeah, they've got it, you know, and, and yeah, it is weird, you know, you, we, you kind of joked a little bit a minute ago, Josh, about uh, coaches knowing the rosters and so forth. There aren't many young guys that we've talked about so far. These two teams that, uh, you know, here on in Skyline, very senior dominated with a few juniors, other than this Potts kid that we just mentioned. Um,
2: but, but that's uh, also why they will you know, be the I, I, better teams in the area i mean the, the best yeah. teams are traditionally and and it, it's in all sports and in all you know college high school when you're senior dominated with with great leadership i mean that, that's a great thing
1: yeah i mean, and these are men too these are kids that are their, their bodies have developed a little bit more probably than some of the you know the the white division there there were a few more younger kids that we mentioned we got we took some criticism by the way from uh some some uh some uh, parent in the Chelsea area on, criti- uh, on Twitter a uh, little criticism for us, but uh, I, hopefully we responded in, uh, in, and that was um, satisfactory to him but uh, he 'd probably appreciate this red this red division a little bit better since we 're talking more about seniors uh, here but I like this team i I, I like uh the Lovelace Wade you know, coaching and just the way they put that thing together. Um they've got a nice staff over there. And and there're more guys too, off you know, some younger kids that we obviously could throw out there. But they're gonna be right there. It would not surprise me if they if they win the league and if they if they make a deeper run than Huron. I'm I'm not saying it's gonna happen. I'm just saying it wouldn't surprise me. They have that much talent and they're not afraid of Huron too. And I think that's important. So okay, moving on. Let's uh let's turn our focus to uh the Celine Hornets and Coach Jake Fosdick, and, and, and by the way, just by mentioning Jake Fosdick's name, I think our, our listeners are going to go up about two hundred or three hundred listeners. Every every single woman in southeastern Michigan, if we mention Jake, <laughs> they, they tune into our five uh, our, our podcast. Right. I think I think that helped us. So the more we can mention Jake's name in the next couple minutes. Let's do it to see if we can we can, we can increase that you know that
2: listenership
1: a little bit. So,
2: we need, you know, uh you know if, if this pandemic shuts us down. Again, Again, we need to do the a bachelor version of basketball coaches for Jake Fosnick. We, we could find him a girlfriend. And, we, yeah, this, this would be great. I mean, actually, he doesn't probably have a problem finding a girlfriend, but finding one that will tolerate and stay with him. I think oh, that's what we got to do. Man, um, we just went off the rails again. But We uh, did. <laughs> hey, uh,
1: Celine last year, 13-8. and eight, uh, They lost to Huron in, in a very competitive uh, district game um they of course are part of that crazy district that we can get to a little bit later but this is an interesting team you know you lose a rico and you use uh lose yaklich you think maybe they're going to take a a year off and rebuild a little bit but i think josh kind of touched on this earlier this team might you know might be might be more of jake's type of team just based on uh some of the guys that are back and some of their development so what are your thoughts on saline
0: yeah obviously um you know that they have one returning uh or actually two returning starters, I believe, um, and Derek Caldwell and Anthony Ferrari. Um, you know Caldwell is, 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 as Coach calls him, you know, the point guard, but um, in, in a unique situation last year, obviously, even though he's probably the, the smallest, he's probably maybe played the point guard defensively. He, bit, obviously, Yaklich and Rico did most of the ball handling, so he's going to take over that, that primary ball handling role. But to have a guy that shot 40% from three a year ago, um, be able to step in, um as your point guard is definitely nice and, and can help um ease things in the transition from losing those two two studs um and then you know anthony ferrari is a 6'2 forward um who, who started all their games last year i know he played in the uh in the fall league at at the, the michigan sports facility he's he's exactly what you guys are talking about in terms of just being tough and like the the old old-fashioned jake flassock team kind of guy like just um, gonna gonna grind and, and really kind of do some dirty work, and also be able to uh, to, to find some ways to score and, and just facilitate offense for them. I, I think that they they've got some decent size. It looks like I know with you know a couple six three six four guys and Jaden Pickett and Cooper Fairman who are back, um, and then you've got uh, you know Josh uh, is it Cook I believe off uh, as a newcomer who's six foot six. So um, having a little bit of size is going to be key because obviously. Um, there is some size in the league, but uh, I think that they're definitely an interesting team. I'm curious to see what style they're going to play. I know Coach had mentioned that they're messing with the matchup zone again, and I, you know, like like you guys had said, I expect them to go back to some of that. and Can can they throw teams off enough with with their defense and just grind out wins? Um, they're not they're not going to be a fun team to play um, as an opponent this year. I don't think.
2: Yeah, I mean, this is this is the team I look at to. Um... The, the finish you know, in the top three with uh, skyline and um here on this year, I looked at their non league schedule. I also think this is the year they kind of break through that thirteen win barrier. um Jake's teams, i again, Jake's never had a losing record at Celine. He they consistently win ten to thirteen games, and in an SEC red that's incredibly impressive. But I think this is the year because they only have um six non- league games and and he's scheduled very wisely. it looks like out of league. That um, I see them getting to that 15, 16 wins this year and having a really special year, 15 and 5, 16 and 4. And then not only that, um, I would not want to play them in the district. Now, that being said, and, and this is not a knock, I mean, I'm throwing a lot of love at Celine right now, and, and rightfully so, it's deserved. I can't see them coming out of that district, though. And as good as they're going to be, they're not built to win. Three in a row in a district that includes Belleville, Huron, Pioneer, and Ypsilanti as well as Lincoln. Um, I mean that that I mean that district that that's like a regional or a quarterfinal in Class A. Let's be honest, and they're not going to get a one or two seed. You know, it, it'll go to a Belleville and a Huron, so they'd have to win three games in one week. And I. You know, and, and again, not to, I mean, I, and I'm not downplaying them. And knowing Jake, will probably throw this on their wall and will use it to inspire his guys and say trope's hate and he doesn't believe. That's not the case. I, I, I just, I think they're going to have a great year. I just don't think they're built to win three games in a row in one week there. So I, I hope that I'm wrong. I'd love to see them come out of there. Because I, I certainly, you know, not a, a huge favorite or fan of any of those other t- teams. So I, I would love to see them come out of there. I just don't think they're built to do it.
1: When you say uh "schedule wisely," could you translate that for us? <laughs>
2: uh, I don't think any translation is needed.
1: Yeah. Okay <laughs> from the from the Chelsea School of Scheduling, is that what you're talking about? Or yeah. actually, aren't you on their schedule this year?
2: Well, we are. I, you know, and honestly, um, oh, I, I got to find think, time to make that game. Wow. Yeah. I, oh, yeah, it'll be a good game. I, I think, um, you know, Jake and I we, we hemmed and hawed about it a little bit, and. I, I think, I mean, I'm, I'm being selfish, but for me and for Chelsea, it is a great game for us because, you know, they're going to be very similar to a Williamston team we'll play in districts. And, and, um, you know, we're playing them right before districts like a week before. I mean, it's a great game for Chelsea. I mean, they, they have, you know, twice the enrollment the, the big strong athletes they are well coached. Um, it, it's still a rivalry game in the communities it'll be just a great game against a well-coached team that will really get us ready for March. Um, and I, and, you know, I think we'll get them ready too. I, I certainly think playing us will help them. Right. Can, Can I have, get some uh,
0: early odds on that game? I'm taking Chelsea right now.
2: Put oh, jeez. <laughs> oh,
0: wow. Put it, put it I, in, in Vegas right now. I'm picking Chelsea in that late season game.
1: I've, I've got Selene all the way. I got to get Selene the coaching edge in that one. So i just going to go but anyway, you know, you, uh, the one guy that does intrigue me on this roster, I mean, Caldwell and Ferrari and Pickett are going to be solid players, and I think we already know about them. But I, uh, I think Derek mentioned it, but Cooper Fairman, 6'4", uh, kind of guard wing. He's only a junior. He started nine games as a ninth grader two years ago, uh, but then he tore his ACL last fall and missed the entire season. I, I think they, they, they hope he comes back strong. I guess he, you know, he used to be a, and probably still is a prolific shooter but maybe has added some uh, some things to his game, including some bounce, and he's probably physically developed a little bit. It's going to be interesting to see what kind of role he plays uh, kind of in his third year on the varsity, even though he really hasn't played that much. I also noticed there's a kid named Nick Dills uh, listed as a, a potential newcomer. Um, I still uh, have uh, I still twitching a little bit because I I, in my year at Celine restills did not get a chance to even play a minute for me. And that would have been, uh, I think, helpful to my win loss record or our win loss record, I should say. But uh, I have a feeling there's some type of relation there. Decent uh, JV team, a very competitive JV team last year. I think they were 17 and three. So there's some young talent that's going to mesh in with these guys. Got to love a got kids name Romeo Love. 5'10 junior guard romeo love remember that name uh, might be the quickest kid in their program um he's a member of that JV team last year too so they they will be there i mean i think uh, you know them and lincoln and ypsilanti it's gonna be interesting to see you know uh any of those three can kind of emerge as a third contender in this conference but but why not Celine uh buzz city um they definitely got the vibe um to, to do something like that so uh, the style they play this year, there might be some changes. I think Josh tries, uh, uh, Josh, uh, Jake tries to evolve uh, with the game as, as well as anyone, and uh, he's proven that over the last couple of years. And I think it's even gonna show again this year. So, okay, hey, let's uh let's move on to the the Lincoln Rail Splitters and Coach Jesse Davis. Uh, again, the defending Class A state champions uh, from the 2019. Um, or 18-19 season. Uh, last year, though, they were pretty good, and uh, they were a contender uh, a year ago as well before the shutdown. They were 19-3, and, and they were set to play Huron in that epic uh, district final that never took place. They have lost, obviously. The, the, the main guy, Imani Bates, is uh, playing for Ipsy Prep. Got a chance to watch him on television Thursday night. He was the second-best player on the floor, by the way. I stand by that, but um, that's for another day. I like Chet from the a Team Sizzle was pretty good that night, by the way. Hopefully he wears the maize and blue someday. But what do we think and know about the Lincoln Rail Splitters?
0: I think it all starts with, with Braylon Green this year, a uh, three guard, who's actually only a sophomore for him. Um, he's re- the only returning starter from last year's team. And as, as Coach Davis said, he believes he's one of the top sophomores in the state. I believe he transferred in a year ago, right? He's not an ipsy kid. I could be wrong. I don't know. Um, I thought he might have been one of those guys that, that came in um a year ago anyways he's going to be a a stud for and he's gonna have to really carry the load i think um offensively i know he even got some some all area all state all all uh all conference honors and stuff a year ago i know another guy that's that's gonna be in the mix this year is gabe Daney, six foot point guard um this will be his third year on the varsity i actually remember uh gabe from uh a what was it an aaba tryout um, when I was looking at how I was possibly helping out coach and that didn't actually um, end up happening, but um, he, he was shifty um, as a sophomore uh, at that tryout. So, and I, I definitely expected big things out of him in the future. And here he is uh, going to be making an impact for the rail splitters um, as a senior this year. Um, I, I think that, uh, I think that they're, they're going to be interesting. I do a lot of, uh, a lot of people are going to know what to expect from, from some of their personnel just, um, obviously with, 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 uh, a lot more shots to go around now, um, and a lot, lot more guys having to step into the limelight from last year, um, cause Bates just carried so much of the load. Uh, I, I do think that they're going to be tough. I, I I don't think that they're, they'll be able to finish it in the top two, but I think they're right there, um, to be able to finish third, in my opinion.
2: <clears throat> Jesse Davis is one of the most underrated coaches in the area. He does not get the attention, um, or the credit he deserves, um, you know, he, he's one of the few coaches in the area with the state championship. He actually has two of them. Um, and he also oh, um, is, really? one okay. Of, okay. He is one of the best defensive coaches in the area. He's right there. If, if uh, Steve Brooks is one, he is probably 1A. Jesse's knowledge of the game is second to none. Nobody's kids play harder than him. And quite honestly, I, I think Jesse is going to really enjoy coaching this team and really enjoy life without the circus, and I'll leave it at that.
1: Yeah, yeah, I, boy, that that was a great last comment. I, I agree with that. I and that has not come out of Jesse's mouth at all. But you you got no, I, I that's out think. of my mouth. Yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. You got to think that's possible, Jesse. As you know, I, I coached him and and uh, when he was when he was a young man. Uh, but he's a uh, he's he's a uh, he's getting a little older now. But he's a first class guy. Uh, who really has, it's a great vision for that program and has, has the, you know, he's, he's, he's kids first all the way and he's done a great job coaching. Obviously he's achieved so much in such a little time as a head coach. Um, And he's dealing with kind of some adversity right now in terms of just his roster, but um, I, I, like I said, I don't even think it's, it's, it's bothering him at all. He's just going to, you know what, these are the guys that are in front of me and this is what we're going to deal with. You know, you mentioned they've lost 18 varsity players in the last two years due to graduation and transfers. So, um, the graduation, you can't control the transfer stuff. You know, you, you benefit from transfers. Sometimes they, they come and go and that's, that's what's going on here. But, you know, there's a couple other guys, uh, a junior named Kamari Joplin Benson, a six, three guard. High energy guy, real good defender. He's back. He's going to have an impact on their team this year. Jalen Broyles, a six five, kind of guard forward. He's a senior. Great, another really good all around player. He sat out last year due to a wrist injury, so he's one that people haven't seen in a while. And they've got some uh, some newcomers: uh, Jordan Collier, who we remember from football; TJ Thompson; Davion Trailer, six seven kid Trailer, by the way. So they're 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 not short on talent. I thought it was interesting watching the Ipsy prep game um, the other night on ESPN. I saw Sconey Williams, who was Jesse's uh, assistant coach and defensive coordinator, uh, coaching uh, on the Ipsy prep staff. So uh, he has departed from Lincoln as well, which – I think is, uh, is a blow to the, the, the Lincoln coaching staff. I think Sconey had a big role in Jesse. It kind of turned the defense over to him. But having said that, Jesse can coach defense. He sure could play it back in the day, and I'm sure he's, he's going to be able to. He's, he's going be fine. It would be interesting to see how they kind of regulate coaching responsibilities on that staff with, with Sconey leaving. So I kind of assumed Sconey was going to end up as a head coach at a local school at some point, uh, but he's kind of gone the route of the, uh, the, uh, the prep school uh, to maybe kind of get uh, a different look on his resume. So, but uh, the rail splitters are going to be a factor. I don't know. Like Derek said, I don't think they're going to maybe have enough to win it. But uh, don't don't sleep on them, and you better be ready to play them every night. So, speaking of being able uh, being ready to play every night. Uh, you play Ypsilanti you you better be ready regardless of of uh who's coaching and, and it's just a lot of pride in their basketball program the the uh the Grizzlies last year were 9 and 12 and Steve Brooks final year before Steve left and went to uh Wayne Memorial they are now being coached by uh, an Ipsilani legend uh Charles Ramsey who also a former Eastern Michigan University head coach and Charles uh uh, he's He hasn't had much time with his team, really no summer. Obviously, they, they've had some gym issues because of their uh, COVID regulations and so forth. But any any thoughts on Ypsilanti coming into this season?
2: Yeah, it should be interesting with Ypsilanti this year with Coach Ramsey taking over. Um, you know, last year was a disappointing season uh, compared to the standards the Grizzlies have had in the past. Um, but still plenty of talent there. Lucas Henderson, an electrifying point guard. Um, and then they got some length with Lance Maurer. And, you know, they had some really good size and athleticism on the JV as well. You know, I also, uh, you know, Coach's son is there, you know, Chandler Ramsey, and he he was a really good player last year. I don't know what to make of of Ypsilanti outside of that, you know, they have the pieces there, and you know that Coach Ramsey, obviously, is a very knowledgeable guy. uh, But any time you transition coaches, it usually takes a little bit of time. Um, I'm sure they're going to play a little bit different style offensively and defensively, and without a summer and without basically a fall, it's – you know, I, I would see this team being much better in like late February than I would early December. That There's no doubt about that. You know, this also, you know, this is a, another dad hire of, and we've talked about this with Tom Reason. We talked about this with Bargershire and Grass Lake. You know, I, I wonder how long Coach Ramsey will really be there. But that being said, Ypsilanti is very lucky to have him.
0: Yeah, I don't know a ton about Ipsy's personnel anymore. Um, so just having been out of the, out of the area now uh, a little bit but uh yeah obviously it's just like I said earlier it's gonna be weird not not seeing coach Brooks on the sideline there to to get a guy like coach Ramsey who's who's got all kinds of college experience at the d1 level I mean that's that's definitely uh definitely good for the program and he is a an ipsy guy as well you know it should be interesting I I hope that they are able to um continue the tradition that they kind of set uh recently it looks like you know they've got um, a little bit of size coming back, which know is always always good, some 6'5", six, 6'4", six, guys there, which you definitely need, as we said, to compete in this league, and, and then it'll be interesting. Now, are they the team that goes back to the white next year? Or who goes back
2: to the white? They are. They, they will be coming back to the white after one year.
0: Gotcha. Okay. So, and,
2: yeah, they come, so Ypsilanti will come to the white, and Dexter will go to the red. Hmm. Gotcha.
0: So, that'll be interesting to see, too. I mean, I know that's not just this year, but moving forward, kind of how they – how they end up shaping up uh, in that move because I know they've obviously dominated the white well, I mean, for forever.
2: But I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I, I mean, I would have liked to just see them stay in the white this year and give us seven teams. So we had a little more balance, but but it's understandable. What I, I completely understood what they did. Um, eight and six is fine for a year, but then we're right back to eight and six next year. So it'll be interesting. You know, it, yeah, it'll be very interesting when they come back.
1: I don't know uh, Coach Ramsey uh, personally uh, very well. I think we know of each other. Um, I communicated with him a little bit prior to this podcast, and I I followed his career, and he's obviously a fixture in the Ypsilanti area. The story that Jake Fosdick told – by the way, I just mentioned Jake Fosdick's name again. I thought maybe we could add a few listeners – uh, Jake Fossey told the story about uh, at the golf outing when he was playing basketball at Eastern and how LJ Frazier said, you better tuck in your shirt before coach gets here because all hell is going to break loose. If it doesn't, <laughs> so he's got a little bit of that, that militant back in the day, a militant approach. I wonder what if that's going to be uh, how he kind of runs the Atlantic program. I'm sure his personality is going to come out. They are going to have some growing pains. There's no way they don't without him having a summer program or even a preseason Uh, deal to get ready They're they're probably going to be really up and down early but uh he's he knows what he's doing and if they're if they buy in i'm sure they're going to have some success a couple other guys that we didn't mention jesse jones a 6'4 senior forward is back and they got another newcomer named Derek hatley a 6'1 junior guard uh who they're expecting some big things from uh stat wise henderson averaged 16 points and four assists last year um, on that 9 and 12 team those are pretty nice numbers and Maurer averaged 10 points and 8 rebounds so those are definitely guys that are established in this conference and should have some success so um, that leaves us with uh, the pioneer pioneers and coach Rich Marion uh, 12 and 9 a year ago but this team is a uh, kind of a different pioneer team you see uh, maybe a little thinner uh, in terms of personnel uh, than they have been in the past and 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 that's maybe just returning personnel who knows how good or or uh, develop these young guys are, and, and how far they've come in the off season. Any, any thoughts on Pioneer right now?
0: I know how you know Coach mentioned that they, they probably don't have some of those top end guys that they've had in the past, uh, but he really does think that you know, the the class can kind of can play together. And if they have that, you know, the chemistry and the the intangibles, um, they can they can uh, still have a good year and everything. Uh, it looks like Rasheed Sampson, six foot six, big. That's got some skill, that's always a, a nice thing to add uh, on your team. You know, he can even, um, you know, shoot a little bit from the mid range, especially. And then, you know, with, with guys like Aiden Lee and Will Fischera coming back, um, I may have mispronounced Will's name there, but um, they got a few guys it looks like returning from last year's team that can kind of at least set set the tone, uh, at the top. But uh, I do think this is going to probably be a, a down year for them or a tough year for them. Um, maybe not necessarily a down year, but a tough year. Um, and, like again, the, the other two Ann Arbor's bring back so much of their roster. And, and then, you know, with their limited prep time, it'll be easier. It doesn't look like Pioneer brings back quite as much, which is going to make that limited prep time that much more
2: difficult to deal with. I mean, it, it, this was bound to happen. You, you got three high schools in one city. Um Huron and Skyline combined have 16 seniors that are going to play varsity. I mean, it's some, I mean, there's only so much talent and, and at some point one of the schools was going to be not, not have the good class of of the three schools. And, you know, that's not Rich's fault. It's just, you know, geography and where kids choose to go to school and, and a little bit of recruiting that goes on in Ann Arbor and and things like that. Um, and I know Keith Wade will smile when he hears that. Um, but, I, bottom line, I mean, this is definitely going to be a down year for uh, the purple. Um, hopefully, not as down of a year as Michigan football is having across the street. But it mm. it will definitely be a, a rough year on the pioneers. Well, I think I, I think the I think the purple gang is going to compete a little
1: harder than our than our fellows uh, in the maize and blue did last night. There seemed to be some quit last night, which is as a big Michigan fan, that was a concern. But I'm going to leave it at that. I, I promise not to talk football. A couple things about uh, Aiden Lee you know he's uh, uh co- coach mentioned he plays really well uh, uh with the ball and off the ball and he's a great leader and worker he's going to have a big impact on this team and Fischera, you know an athletic kid um with a pretty good skill set to go along with it so there is a one newcomer who's kind of a catch and shoot guy and runs well uh josiah shafsma and that talk about butchering a name josiah if that's uh if i if i did i apologize a one wing um he's 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 probably uh the the most prominent newcomer um, uh, that they're going to consider this year, but they're going to be out others. Obviously we've only mentioned four names, so um, they're going to have a hard time that they, they, they may be battling Bedford and Monroe, at least on paper um, for, for that, that bottom spot. But uh, there's a lot of pride in the pioneer program and Rich does a nice job. So I'm sure they're going to compete. And uh, he, he does, he did mention that he really likes their work ethic. So uh, that's, you know, that's kind of our local twist to the, the SEC red, um, any, th- any thoughts on that, uh, that, that district? Uh, I mean, I guess we, we've covered it that the, obviously it's five of them. It's everybody, but skyline. And then you throw Belleville in there, by the way. So uh, the super district, which is being hosted by Lincoln this year. I mean, I, I hope we get to March madness or may madness as Josh pointed to a possibility. Um, but that is uh that's phenomenal. It's just too it's too bad that, you know, there's three or four outstanding teams probably in that district and only one's going to come out. But so I um,
2: can we you just mention something that is a pet peeve of mine and I know it's a pet peeve of yours. Lincoln is hosting the district, okay? They just built a multi-million dollar indoor like football, baseball, golf ball practice facility, whatever, the dome over there. Uh they just got silver or gray turf, whatever you want to call it. Could we please do a fundraiser for Lincoln Athletics and and take up the court and actually paint a ninety-four foot court in that gym? I mean, otherwise, or stop letting them host things. I mean, it is unbelievable. I mean, I I, I love my my guy Corn, uh, but but Jesse, man, ninety-four feet makes you guys more dangerous. We we got to do something about that gym, man.
1: My my thought, and I don't know this for sure, is that. Years ago, when they started to to put all this stuff electronically, Lincoln, when they they filled out the the form that you do online about your court size, that they put 94 feet and they just left it. No one has gone back and corrected it. Because I really find it hard to believe that the state keeps giving districts and regionals and, and high level games to Lincoln when they play on basically a middle school court. Yeah, um, but I could be wrong about that. But you're right. It just it doesn't seem like the right place. The one nice thing. Uh, Lincoln is not, you know, if they think it's a high profile game, they'll, they'll, they'll get that EMU arena and play over at the convocation center. Um, so maybe that's something that they'll plan for the district. Again, they definitely had that ability in a COVID situation might not be quite as easy though. So
2: let me, let me ask you guys this. Uh, and I know we got to wrap things up, but let me ask how many, what do you think is going to happen with, uh, referees, players and coaches opting out for instance, I've had two kids text me in the last five days telling me that um, they're going to opt out for this year because of COVID. And and I, after talking to Mike Bush and our, our league meeting last week, I, I think we're over 30 referees in the SEC right now that have opted out. Um, you know, I know all of our really good friend Rex Stanzak, when I talked with him this summer, he was really concerned at, you know, at his age. No jokes intended that, you know, with, with COVID numbers going up. And now Rex is going to coach. But I wonder how many coaches are out there that are truly worried about that. And that's a legitimate concern. I mean, do you guys see that possibly being an issue if the numbers continue to rise?
1: Well, you know, I mean, from a coaching standpoint, I don't know. I think they would have already probably identified themselves and maybe been replaced at this point. So I don't think it's going to be um, an issue. The kids opting out. Mm, unless the extenuating circumstances in their family, where, you know, they just can't even risk that virus being brought into the home. Other than that, I really don't think that's going to be a factor. The officials, I think, is. Officials having to to, you know, there are some older guys or some, you know, the, the mask issue is just a, a pain in the butt for people. So it's like I just take the year off. They don't really need the money and probably don't need the headache. So uh we're going to have a we're going to have some two man crews at the varsity level this year. Bottom line, we're also going to have some nights where the same two guys do the JV game and the varsity game. Um Heck, we might even have guys do three games. It's just going to come to that or we're going to be asked to play on off nights like they did in football this year where we, I mean, we had to move a game to a Thursday this year because of a shortage of football officials. So it's, it's going to be, there's going to be um, some deal. And and it's a fluid situation. The the, the word of the COVID fluid, because it, it could change as this thing continues to, to rage out of control if it does. And yet sports are still going on. You may see more and more people opting out and then the official thing becomes even greater. So, uh, it's it's you're, you're bracing for impact, so to speak. But it, it's all a good point, and it's it's definitely a possibility.
0: Yeah, that definitely makes sense. The one thing I wanted to say, I you know I, I didn't uh, get in on the, the district situation. With the, I, I think it's interesting with the the points uh, in terms of determining the seeding. I think the seating is important in this in this mega district because who gets to buy now that the 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 seeded teams do get to buy this year. Right. How, how is that going to be affected if these Ann Arbor schools don't play as many games? You know what I mean? Like, how, how is that going to affect the seating Oh, that throws things off a little yeah. bit? Because um, that, that's actually going to be an advantage in this district. Because having to win three games, a, a, three high-level games, is a lot tougher than having to win two. And, and so, I, I don't know. I, I, I haven't – I don't know the, uh, the, the formula, the MPR or whatever formula – as well to understand how it would affect that. But that's something to to note about that district. No, oh,
2: that's a great point. I mean, I wonder if the MHSA has thought about that yet because you could really be punished by, I mean, by your, how many games you play. I mean, that's a great point. Well, they,
1: you know, the MHSA had to do, you know, they had a with their playoff situation this year in football, they, they had a, a, some new stipulations about the number of games that you had to play, knowing that some schools would have to get shut down or might have an opponent that couldn't play. I'm sure they're gonna to have to go in and, and and add some restrict not restrictions, but stipulations to the formula um for the MPR to kind of uh, decide, uh, you know, what is, is it just an average or is there a number of games and do you get penalized if you only play 10 games opposed to 20? Um, so yeah, there's probably going to be a little bit of that. It's a, it is a great point.
2: Or go, go back old school for one year. I mean, listen, these are different times. Let's be honest. I mean, let, let's go back old school one year and let's draw names out of a hat like we used to. I mean, it wouldn't be the end of the world for one year. We did it forever. I mean, maybe we're back to that, you know, I mean, just kind of, kind of. do. Dude, dude, if we do that, we may never get the seeding. That, that'll, that'll,
1: that'll set us back another what 20 he, What are you years talking years. about? We, yes,
2: we already have our PowerPoint presentation ready to explain to the MHSA how to recede a regional. I mean, I, I mean, you watching the football playoffs? They see the whole thing. Yeah. It's amazing. Perfect. The concept, seeding the playoffs, unbelievable. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah, you can, you let, let me know if you can get that meeting and I'll join okay. you for that with that PowerPoint. Hey, okay,
2: I want to plug one more kid and I think it's important to do this. And, and Monroe and Bedford are out of our coverage area, but I know that we do have a lot of listeners in the Monroe area because of St. Mary's Catholic Central and Monroe High. Um, and I do want to say that Xavier Middleton, down in Monroe, might be one of the top five players in this league. Now, they're not going to be very competitive with the teams in this league, but he is a future college player and, and somebody that would give uh, all these teams headaches and they'll have to prepare for and is a next-level player. And I, I just thought I'd like to plug him. He's, he's a really good player in that area. Good deal. Good deal.
1: Okay, well, hey, that, uh, that does it for this episode of Coach Speak. Uh, Derek, Josh, you guys have been nothing short of terrific uh, since we started this podcast over the summer. Also, I want to wish you well. Um, I guess as you as you tip off your respective basketball seasons this week, uh, good luck to both the uh, the Pirates and the Bulldogs. I'm sure you guys are excited. And thank you to everyone for listening. To be honest, we're really not sure uh, when our next podcast will be, since our schedules uh, are getting uh, are getting tighter uh, starting Monday. Um, that said, if we end up delaying the season for some reason. Uh, you can bet that we'll be on the air again uh, with something to say. So uh, until then, stay safe, mask up, and peace.